Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Good morning, I'm John Hoffman. For 30 days, Navarre Middle School students have not been allowed inside the western branch of the St. Joseph County Public Library. That's because of an incident that happened at the end of January. The western branch library is right across the street from Navarre Middle School, so students usually would be able to come do some homework, use the computers, check out a book, or even just hang out. Usually, the Western Branch expects between 12 and 50 students, depending on the time of year. That changed the week of January 30th, and while there's not a lot of information being shared about the incident, South Bend police say some calls had been made to the library on January 23rd for unwanted parties, on January 26th for a fight, and on January 31st when a school resource officer asked a group to leave. No juveniles were detained or reports taken any of those times. Navarre Middle School principal then asked the library to pause after-school activities for 30 days, meaning no students would be allowed in. The school and library stress this is temporary. The library's chief engagement officer says they'll come back with even better programming for students after school. It was just um, an incident that happened, um, and it was handled, but I think that kind of spurred a conversation between the school and the library on how can we make sure that you know spaces are safe um, and that we really do have strong um, network set up for engaging the kids after school. Students are allowed back on Monday. WSBT 22's Erica Finke reporting. Three separate groups that help the vulnerable during crisis all say their future is in the hands of the St. Joseph County Council. Leaders of Motels for Now and a mental health crisis center for South Bend are asking for American Rescue Fund money from the St. Joseph County Council. Portage Manor is asking to stay open. A committee looked at the proposals Tuesday. Leaders of these organizations are all asking for American Rescue Fund money from the St. Joseph County Council. Some council members say these services are costing the county too much. Others say it's too soon to stop looking at options for them. Portage Manor Motels for Now and a mental health crisis center for South Bend, three separate organizations that are looking for the same thing. American Rescue Fund money from St. Joseph County. Faith in Indiana is asking for $2.6 million to go toward the crisis center, holding a conference Tuesday highlighting not only its wants, but how its services intertwine with the other two. A recommendation to put $600,000 of opioid settlement money toward a crisis center was approved and will be voted on by the full council later, according to Faith in Indiana leader Reverend Andre Stoner. While Stoner says it's something, it doesn't come close to the $2.6 million the group was looking for. The crisis center is exploring more funding options. Also on Tuesday night's agenda, the future of Portage Manor. Michael Mish, the St. Joseph County attorney, says it would take nine to twelve million dollars to keep the county-owned assisted living facility going. Mish says as costs rise and revenue drops, continuing Portage Manor services would be costly for the county. It uh, has come to the point now where it doesn't look like uh, these options are feasible. However, others say decisions on Portage Manor have played an important role in the community for a long time. And decisions on its future may be moving too fast. I really would like to see us uh, slow the process down, maybe it all in public. I think the nine of us here could put our heads together on a council and 
Council President Mike Root says at the end of 2022, the county received 50 bids for what was left of ARP funding. He says the council, through a survey, itemized the list of remaining organizations that needed funding. Obvious to say that we couldn't fund every request that came through this time. There just wasn't enough funding to do all the requests. Motels for Now was not brought up at tonight's meeting. And just moments ago, County Council passed a resolution with a favorable recommendation to close Portage Manor. It'll now go to the full council for a final vote in a couple of weeks. WSBT 22's Anne Larie reporting. Tomorrow marks three weeks since a gunman walked into buildings on the campus of Michigan State University, killing three students and wounding five others. The tragic and terrifying situation has campus public safety experts in our area reviewing response protocols and security plans. Michigan State University leaders and law enforcement are likely studying their response to the deadly campus shooting. College public safety experts say they'll put together an after-action report that could help first responders and campuses around the country in future tragedies. We got a shot fire complaint at Berkey Hall, 509 East Circle. 509 East Circle, multiple callers calling it in right now. When those first 911 calls began coming in, hundreds of police and first responders jumped into action. We ran out, there were cops there, and they told us to go lay in a field. The gunman shot and killed three students, wounded five others, then walked off campus. As police closed in on him, he shot and killed himself. We don't have an answer right now, and, and that's, that's the honest truth. Now, two weeks later, as investigators and MSU officials continue to try to answer lingering questions about why, campus safety experts at colleges and universities across the country are doing their own examinations. This is something we prepare for. It is absolutely our worst nightmare. IU's VP for Public Safety, Benjamin Hunter, says all of its campuses participate in regular tabletop drills. In fact, it's completed eight of nine campus mass shooter trainings this school year. This type of training incorporates communication teams, law enforcement, and school incident response teams. So a lot of effort in working with our partners to make sure that we have a coordinated response, and that's exactly what you saw in the MSU incident. You saw multiple agencies. In fact, if there was an incident to happen, I mean, you're going to probably see in a matter of minutes just a multitude of officers. That's what the video shows. Hundreds of officers responding to MSU's campus. Hunter says that's protocol in an active shooter situation. It's why good communication during an event is important. What I think MSU did very well, my counterpart up there, they kept putting out information and they were very transparent because that's the one thing that you not only do if you're in the situation like those students were in the lecture hall, but parents that are following the crisis, the more information you can provide in the crisis, the, you're gonna lower the temperature in terms of anxiety. Social media is another avenue that campus police are monitoring constantly, especially in a crisis situation. So if we issue an IU alert for anywhere in the system, we automatically stand up an incident management team. And part of that is monitoring um, calls, social media. Um, we do get some of the best information from our students. Collecting, evaluating information and dispersing it in an emergency incident is the key to a successful response. That's the director of campus safety at St. Mary's College. Like most schools, students here sign up for an alert notification system. But there are other ways the school can communicate with people in the moment. We are also able to communicate with individual areas through the electronic devices in that area. 
um, teacher's giving a lecture and it's got a PowerPoint or whatever um, on the screen, we can take over the screen and spread information to individual class areas. At St. Mary's, there are cameras throughout campus. Campus safety staff patrol buildings and there's technology in place that allows some buildings to be locked down. But it doesn't escape university leaders here and elsewhere that college campuses are often spread out and publicly accessible. Yeah, institutions of higher education are much more public than even public schools. They're less controlled environments. We are safe campuses, we're a safe environment, um, but bad things happen and you just have to be prepared. And they say that preparation is happening all the time during planned campus events. We've not had an active shooter. Um, but we've had incidents. During unexpected crisis. For every incident, large or small, it's, it's an exercise. And when tragedy happens elsewhere. So that's why when you see an MSU and it's so tragic, then we follow up and say, okay, let's test our plans. Let's drill. Now ask yourself, if this happened with us, you know, what would have our advantages been? What would our disadvantages have been? And how can we um, evaluate and improve our plan for response in the event that something like that happens to us. Campus safety leaders we spoke to had three main takeaways for college students and their families about preparation. First, if you see something, say something. Don't be afraid to report something that you think seems out of place. Second, make sure to sign up for your college alert system and follow them on social media. And third, be prepared by learning more about the run, hide, fight survival strategy. WSBT 22's Kristen Bean reporting. According to the National Eating Disorders Association, about 8% of Americans will develop eating disorders. And this entire week is dedicated to education and awareness about these conditions. Eating disorders can be deadly. They can also cause serious health issues like heart failure, osteoporosis, dehydration, as well as thyroid and bowel problems. But I spoke with two local psychologists today who say recovery is possible. Eating disorders can start when someone's young but is often not recognized, often triggered by low self-esteem, trauma, depression, anxiety, advertisements, and social media. According to Dr. Michelle Mania, these conditions don't discriminate when it comes to gender, age, race, or background. People tend to be more vulnerable to the development of eating disorders during times of change. And so times in people's life when there's a lot of change going on really can put people at risk. Spikes in the disorders can happen when someone's 40 to 50, starting or growing a family. It also tends to be an issue for younger people going into high school and college. Adolescents really feel uncomfortable in their skin sometimes because their bodies have changed so suddenly and so drastically that sometimes their bodies feel foreign. The main disorders include anorexia, bulimia, binge eating, and other specified feeding and eating disorder. Dr. Mania points out eating disorders don't have one look or even have same symptoms. That might mean eating more, it might mean eating less, it might mean shame around eating, guilt around eating. All of those can be red flags that something might be going on. She wants people to know that help does exist and recovery is possible. This is not something that you have to struggle with alone. And so reaching out to a therapist or a dietitian or a trusted friend or family member is an important first step to making changes because this is something that you can recover from and it is worth putting in the effort for recovery. Dr. Aaron Leonard says engaging in activities that force the mind and body to work together like yoga, martial arts, or sports can help develop an appreciation for your body. Once again, WSBT 22's Erica Finke reporting. 
Mike Bray coached his last game inside Purcell Pavilion Wednesday night as he winds down a 23-season run as men's basketball coach at Notre Dame. Bray is leaving after the season but says he still plans to coach somewhere in the future. Tuesday afternoon, he talked with WSBT 22's Pete Byrne about his feelings heading into that final home game. It's been awesome, man. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I, uh, I got no regrets and I've been, been honored to be the guy here and um, one last time in this building. This probably is the last practice I'll run on this court because we'll be over there before we head to Clemson and Greensboro. So I was thinking about walking over here this afternoon like, all right, been in here a few times. So, um, uh, so no drama, all good. <laughs> Bray will step down once the season is over and barring a miraculous run in this week's ACC tournament that will be by the end of this coming week. There are major developments in a cold case that's almost 50 years old. The disappearance of Janice Sanders is now a homicide abduction case. She was last seen in 1975. Investigators announced they were reopening two cold cases over the summer. Janice Langs out of South Bend and Janice Sanders out of Niles. And while the main suspect in their disappearances died, Janice's kids have not given up hope that they could someday find their mom's remains. Janice Sanders was a young single mom in 1975. Her daughter Dina, five years old, and son James, two years old. Her children, now in their 50s, are still close, sharing the limited pictures and memories they have of their mom, along with hopes of someday bringing her home. Having to deal with the loss of our mom, and I hate to say that, but I think that's what keeps us close, too. You know, it's just knowing that we just don't know where she is, and it's just something we've always had to deal with our whole lives. Over the decades, the siblings believe investigators tried to pick up their mom's case a half a dozen times, only to stop dead in its tracks again. James says the pandemic pushed him to learn more about Janice's case. I, I've tried to um, stir the pot a few times in the past, um, but it's such a complicated case. Um, cold cases are unique animals, and um, you know, it's, it takes a while, and it take, it, we're learning it takes a team. Now, multiple agencies are working her case. Michigan State Police, South Bend Police, the Western Michigan University Cold Case and Environmental Programs, along with Notre Dame's Biochemistry and Engineering Departments. There's so much out there now, you know, compared to when mom came up missing. I mean, it's just amazing what is out there now. And there's no reason why we can't find her. Charges against the primary suspect in Janice's death were dismissed many years ago. But with the new case number and classification, the siblings say this is the farthest the case has gotten, and they're encouraged by all the progress being made to find some sort of justice. The remains belong to us wherever they're at. Um, we're going to find them, bring her home, and that's what we want. Because Janice and Janice's cases are believed to be connected, South Bend and Michigan State Police have been connected through this entire investigation. And it took the WMU cold case program months to digitize more than 5,000 documents in both of their cases. WSBT 22's Erica Finke reporting. Views and opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking and do not necessarily reflect the views of WSBT Radio, its staff, or management. Join us next week for Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT.
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 